0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. Call all your friends and let them know the Green Bay Packers are 1, two, 3, and 0. Ah, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemp's and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempis, coming to you once again from my basement packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay's hard-fought, back-and-forth, straight-up, out-goddamn-standing, 37-30 road win over the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, a game played for the entire nation to see on NBC's Sunday Night Football. God, I wanted this one. I wanted it bad. I wanted it so bad I could taste it. And they got it. The Packers, hell yeah, the Packers got it. The Packers are for real, America. Tough shit, deal with it. The Green Bay Packers are for real. Love it. With the win, the Packers are 3-0, as previously mentioned in the Sesame Street-inspired opening. Did Did I really go Sesame Street in the opening? I did. I have no idea. It's late. Is kind of why I did that. But, you know, Sesame Street, right? Uh, Still tied for first in the NFC North with the Chicago Bears, who unfortunately came back from the dead to defeat the Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay's next opponent, in Atlanta on Sunday. Could that be Dan Quinn's last game as head coach of the Falcons? I would think so, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. The Detroit Lions are in third. Now, is it second or third? See, I'm always confused by this. I'm 38 years old. This, This shouldn't still confuse me. But when two teams are tied, the team behind them, the Lions, technically they're in second, but I think they're listed as third. This is something I should know, but it still confuses me. Anyways, uh, whatever place they're in, they're one and two. After their last second road win over the Arizona Cardinals, I gotta say, I was kind of impressed. I was kind of impressed by the Lions winning that game. I I think Arizona's pretty good. I have to tip my cap to the Sad Sack Lions. And the Minnesota Vikings... (laughs) Minnesota Vikings, oh, the Vikings are in dead last. How sad that they're in dead last at 0-3 after losing at home to the Tennessee Titans. These poor Vikings. I think they should I think they should give Kirk Cousins another extension. Again, just keep extending him. I think that that would solve it. Before we get into the fun, I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love or at the very least tolerate. Social media, Twitter. Lemps M K E at it's just Chris now. Facebook, All Bag of Donuts, O L Bag of Donuts. The email OL Bag of Donuts, bag of donuts at gmail.com. Again, reach out to me on one of those three platforms. Let me know if you're listening to the show, what you think, how great it is, what you think maybe I could do better. I'd love to hear from you. Or just what you think about the team. Or you just want to say go pack go. Let me know. I-, I would like to hear from you guys and gals. And for anybody listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating five stars; those are the best. Four stars; those are good too. Comment maybe would be nice if you have the time. And again, we are now on Spotify. I keep adding to my Spotify. I can't believe Spotify is free. I get all the Packers Talk. I follow it on there. We get all. I get all the Packers Talk shows. Packers Therapy, Cheesehead Radio is it No Huddle Radio. That's our new show. Got them delivered, was listening to that. That's good stuff. It's great. Spotify's great. We're on there. Check us out. Look for the Lombardi head logo. The, the head of the Lombardi statue that sits outside Lambeau Field with Packers Talk. Give us a follow. Okay, so now that I got that out of the way, let's go. Let's dive right in. Let's did this. Let's talk about this Green Bay win, this Packers dub. No more stalling, Glampesis. No more promoting. It's 12, it's 12 16 on Monday morning. It's time to go. Let's go. The story of this game, to me, was really kind of simple. Guys just stepped up at multiple positions, at multiple moments. Guys just stepped up and sort of, God, I know this is so cliche. The cliche police would throw me in jail for this. But it's true. They just sort of refused to lose. You could see it. You could sense it. The guts, the fortitude showed by this team was immensely impressive. More on that towards the end of the show. But let's start with the offense, right? No Devontae Adams. We know how huge Devonte is for this offense. For Aaron Rodgers. He's out with the hamstring injury. He's not there. He's not coming. He's not walking through that door. Although he was on the sidelines. But you know what I mean. So who's going to carry the load? Aaron Jones, right? Nope. Wasn't him. And that is in no way... Look, that's in no way a dig at Aaron Jones. You know how much I love Aaron Jones. I'm still wearing the Aaron Jones socks tomorrow. I love the kid. But it's just that... I got to take a drink of water. My voice is fried. I was probably like, you, you're probably like me. I was screaming at the TV for three and a half hours. Uh, that's not a dig of Jones. It's just that the Saints were absolutely, they were determined to take 33 out of the game. You know, and he had some moments. He's too good to keep down entirely. But I mean, 16 carries, 69 yards. He had the one touchdown, two catches for 17 yards. So, you know, 18 touches for what? 86 yards and a score. Not bad, but definitely not the type of performance we've come to expect from him. Again, not at all a dig on Aaron Jones. It's just, you got to credit the Saints defense. They came in with a plan. We are not going to let Aaron Jones beat you. You know, the old, who else you got back there? Because 33 ain't doing it. Well, how about Alan Lazard? How about Alan Lazard? Alien lizard. Six catches, 146. Six catches. I got to look at this again. I just want to make sure I read six catches for 146 yards and a score. Deep threat, Alan Lazard. How about that? Who saw that coming? You know, he's not really known for his breakaway speed, but shit, man, he was looking like Tyreek Hill or something out there. You know, he had grabs. He had the 72-yarder and the 30 at the 48-yarder. You know, great work getting behind the defense on both those plays. And his touchdown, which came shortly after his 48-yard grab early in the uh, second quarter, that was impressive, too. That was a great pass from Aaron Rodgers on that. Beautifully floated to Lazard. But he did a nice job coming down with it. Just continue to love the development of this kid, you know? He knew, without De- without Devontae in the lineup, he knew he was going to be counted on. He was going to be the main man in the passing game. And he stepped up, you know? And he had the one drop. He had the one that hit him in the worst goddamn spot right in his hands, right? To quote my father. But that didn't throw his confidence. He kept coming. He came back. He kept making plays. I love that. I just love, you know, I have talked about it a bunch. This kid starting the year as the number two receiver, he, he had that confidence. He knew the job was his, he was never challenged. And you just continued to see him grow. And, I, you know, it's exciting to see where he could end up. It's because he's still a very much, he's still a developing player, a growing player. He's not a finished product. Very exciting. You know, and I said it. I, I feel like I, I try not to say this every week, but for those of us who are hashtag Team Lazard in 2019 training camp, were you Team Shepard? Hashtag Team Shepard. Hashtag Team Lazard. I was Team Lazard. You know what? And like I said, I, I, accept, I accept his performance tonight on behalf of all of Team Lazard. I'll take that award for all of us. For our belief. I love that kid. I just, I, I love it. I just, he's tough. It's just he's going he's he's going to be really good. He's getting better, you know. And you know who all stepped up? The tight ends. The somewhat maligned tight ends. I had a question last week on the show. Green Bay Dave, I love you. I'm not putting you on the spot, but you did ask me last week. Did the Packers need to go out and upgrade a tight end spot? I said no, no, no. I still believe in this group. Now, give Dave credit. Dave did a did, did Dave did say to me on Twitter tonight that uh he retracted his question from last week, so I'm just giving him a little grief, but uh, he's a good dude. But yeah, a little bit malign, not just from, from Dave and that question last week, but from a lot of Packer fans. Is this group going to do anything? And you know what? They sure did tonight. Uh, boy, howdy, did they do some damage tonight. I mean, look, the group the group of Robert, Big Bob Tanyan, Jace, buy that Jace Stock Sternberger, and Mercedes Big Dog Lewis. Okay, I made up Sternberger's nickname, but still. And Mercedes Big Dog Lewis combined for nine catches, 104 yards, and a score. I, I, where do I even start? This They were awesome tonight. They all contributed, obviously. Let's give the veteran leader, let's talk about Lewis Big Dog, let's give him his due. So he only had one of the nine grabs, but it was probably the most important, right? Third quarter, third and two at the New Orleans 18, 2020 game, Rodgers rolls out to his left, floats one to Lewis, hauls it in with a defender all over him, turns, plunges into the end zone for the score. Wow. Again, made a 27-20 Packers with 2.17 to go in the third. Huge play. Now, was it offensive pass interference? I don't know. I didn't think so. I kind of thought Jenkins flopped, but either way, they didn't call it, right? Lewis, that was great. Lewis can still play, man. He can still play. He can still block. More on his blocking in a little bit. But he can still play. He can still block. He can still come up with the big catch from time to time. Bringing him back, that was not solely a he-makes-the-locker-room-good signing. I know some people said that when they re-upped him in the spring, but that was not just that. He can still play, man. He can still get it done. Let's talk about Big Bob, the statistical leader, five catches, 50 yards, and a score. He really showed off his athleticism, his ability to make things happen after the catch. He's a solid player, man. And again, like Lazard, Far from a finished product. He's still developing, still getting better. That's very exciting. Uh, His touchdown was Green Bay's final score of the night, final TD of the night. Rodgers on the play-action rollout to his right, hits a wide-open Tanyan for the score. Made it 37-27 with two minutes to go. And I may or may not have let out a Ric Flair, woo, when he did it. Okay, I did. I did. I did. I was pumped. My kids hadn't totally fallen asleep yet. That probably didn't help anything, but I just, I had to. I had to go Ric Flair on the bit, you know? Had to. And Jace, Jace, again, I told you all, don't give up on Jace, right? I said it. Three catches, 36 yards, none bigger than his 23-yarder. On first down in the fourth quarter with a pack clinging to a 30-27 to lead. That got the offense into New Orleans territory, got him rolling, led to the Tanyan score. It's, you know, great work from that group, and it's an interesting group because it is very much, to use a baseball term, it's kind of a platoon, right? Like... Lewis is the leader. He's kind of... Well, they can all block to varying degrees. They're all able or willing anyways. But Lewis is the main... He's the stud blocker, right? He's the leader of the group. He can still, again, with his touchdown catch, he showed he can still get it done as a pass catcher. You got Tanyan, who's athletic. He's doing things after the catch. I don't know if he is a true number one, but I think he could be a good number two. And Sternberger still has the most upside... to to be the star of the group, to be the guy who can really make things happen down the field. But both he and Tanyan, with their their athleticism, kind of fill in the gaps that Lewis doesn't have, because he can still get it done, but he's not a great athlete at this point. Or not a great, great athlete, you know what I mean. As far as, you know, speed and everything. So they really kind of complement each other well. They really come together to form... I mean, if you had one single tight end that put up that stat line tonight, if you had one single tight end that had nine catches for 104 yards and a score, you'd be like, holy shit. That was an incredible night for that tight end. Well, the Packers got that. They just got it from three different players. So who cares if it's one guy or three guys? The results are the same, you know? It's great. It's really, it's going to, I think that group, as LeFleur starts working them in more and Rodgers gets more comfortable with Sternberger, continues to grow with Tanya, it's going to be, that's going to be a very good group. I really believe that. And then, you know, Rodgers, right? With the way he's playing. Aaron Rodgers playing the way he's playing. 21 of 32, 283 yards, 8.8 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks. That's the stat line. But it's just the way he's playing, you know? He's great. He just seems, I keep saying it, but it's, he seems so comfortable. He seems totally in control and command of this offense. You know, it doesn't feel like you can see the wheels turning in his head kind of like you could last year. just It's all sort of muscle memory at this point. That's dangerous for that's for a guy like Rodgers to, to be that dialed in. That's dangerous for the rest of the league. Very dangerous, you know? And, you know, having, with the way he's playing, having Lazard step up and the tight end step up, that's more than enough. That's more than enough for a guy like Rodgers uh, playing at the level he's at right now. I mean, and just the stuff, you know, he got Davis to jump twice on the one uh, play that led to the Tanya score that got him the free play. That ended up getting him first and goal at the one after Jenkins committed the, <laughs> the first of his two pass interferences on that drive uh, in the end zone. But he got him to jump twice. He's getting guys to jump in their own stadiums. This is not something we really took into account when thinking about this strange-ass sci-fi season that we're all going through right now. But that's a weapon. Rodgers can use that not just eight games a year, but he can use it all 16. That's really valuable. That gets defenses kind of... You know what I mean? It throws them off. They're kind of on edge about it. What was Cameron Jordan's? They talked about in the pregame. What did he talk about? Rodgers' ability to get defenses to jump. It's sick. I think was the term he used. It, or sick or crazy. I mean, it's it, it's a weapon, and Rodgers can wield that every week now. That's huge. So really, you know, great stuff. You know, and I and I just I love what I'm seeing from this offense. You know. Week one, it was kind of Devontae doing a lot of the lifting. Rodgers doing a lot of the lifting. Last week, it was Aaron Jones doing the lifting. This week, it was, you know, it was Alan Lazard. It was the tight ends. But it's all kind of happening with Rodgers at the controls. You know what I mean? Getting a different player or a different position group to step up every week combined with Rodgers kicking so much ass. Man, you got something going. You got something cooking. And they've got something cooking. What was that I saw there? The fifth? Hold on. Let me look this up. Jesus, I should have I should have should add this in my notes. Let's see. This is from Rob Domovsky, Packers beat reporter for espn.com. The Packers have scored the fifth most points in the NFL Super Bowl era through the first 3 games of the season with 122. That's only behind the 68 Cowboys, 2013 Broncos, 66 Cowboys, and 2015 Cardinals. They're humming and again, we're only 3 weeks in. What is this offense going to look like 6 weeks in? 7 weeks in? How exciting is that, you know? It's it's uh it's great. It's, it's fucking it's fucking great. <laughs> Sorry I had to. But I will say not all was good with the offense. It wasn't a flawless night. They stalled out early again, settling for field goals, you know, early in the game. That looked like that could come back to hurt them, to haunt them. It didn't, but that's a thing. You'd like to see them cash in more on those early drives. You could say, well, they're kind of figuring, once they figure these defenses out, they get rolling, and that is true. But again, you, you know, at some point you're going to get into it, you would think, although maybe they won't with the way they're playing, but you would think they'll get in a spot where, you know, getting into a, to, a, to a, an opposing defense's territory will come at a premium, you know. Those possessions will be at a premium. And you got to cash in. you got to get into the end zone. So it is something I'd like to see them get better at. But the big thing, the one thing about Matt LaFleur is a play caller that kind of drives me nuts. Probably know what I'm talking about. Let's talk about this sequence early in the fourth. Let's talk about the sequence in the fourth quarter. Right? Third and five at the Green Bay 44. 27-27 game. Packers are on the move. After the humiliating Alvin Kamara touchdown, oh my God, there's going to be more on that coming up. Don't worry. Hand off to Williams. Now, so third and five, they call a hand off to Williams, huh? That was a head scratcher. I did not, I did not think that was great. He did get four, but I didn't think that was a that was a weird call. So it's fourth and one at the at the Green Bay Forty Nine. Packers are going to go for it. Pack, or excuse me, Green Bay Forty Eight. The Packers are going for it. Jones didn't get it. He didn't even get close. I couldn't believe the spot that he got, that they gave him the first down initially. I was like, he wasn't even close on that. Holy shit, what did they see? I mean, I would have taken it, but I was like, wow. So Peyton challenges, it. obviously they look at it, come to their senses, didn't even get close. Turnover on downs. Huge blown, at the moment it looked like a huge blown chance for Green Bay. Here's what drives me nuts. Lafleur seems to have this inclination at times to make them a power running team. That's just not, that's not going to be in this team's DNA. Not that they can't be a good running team, because clearly they've shown they can, especially under LaFleur. But the power running thing, you know? I think about the game at at Lambeau last year against Carolina that I was at. Uh, Was it fourth and one? It was the last play before the half. They were at the Carolina one. They gave it to Williams and he up the middle and he got stuffed. And they didn't get any points. You know, I think about sequences like that, that kind of was what I was thinking about tonight in this sequence. Like, you know, they're just not a power-running team in that fourth-and-one spot. He kind of tried to make them. It feels like he's trying to kind of force that square peg into a round hole, you know what I mean? And why give it to Jones there? That That was confusing to me, too. Like, why not Williams? Or Dylan? Isn't this why you drafted A.J. Dylan was to be a power back in these spots? So... You know, it just, again, he seems to sort of, he's got this kind of, he, he's insisting on making this a power running team or having that be, you know, a, a punch they can throw, and I just, I don't see it. With the offensive linemen they have, I just don't, I don't see that being a thing, you know? That was a huge blown chance for Green Bay. Now, I know, you know, you're going to say, well, but Chris, he went for it on fourth and goal in the third, and they got it. They got the touchdown. They did. But I really believe those things are going to be the exception, you know? And that was really close, too. That almost didn't happen. Now, Mercedes Lewis, I mentioned his blocking earlier. He had a great block on that guy. Just enough on, I believe it was Jordan, to open the hole for Jones to get through. But those are the exception. I just, I think they're going to get stopped more than they aren't in those spots. And, I don't know, I wish Lafleur would kind of go away from that. Or at least use a guy like Dylan, you know? Because, again, why did you draft him if not for those spots? All right, rant over. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Um... But, you know, then again, keeping in, keeping, then in keeping with the theme of the night, the offense is down, they just turned it over on downs, momentum is sagging, the defense, which had just been humiliated, again, it's coming, I'm going to talk about the Kamara touchdown, don't worry. The defense is right back on the field, right? You're like, oh shit. If you're like me, you're like, oh shit, the Saints look like they're going to go down and score, they're going to march down and start to put the Packers away. And here comes Zadarius F. Smith. My guy, Zadarius. I love Zadarius. I love you, Zadarius. They bring in Taysom Hill, which I thought was a little. I'm not even going to talk about the if Taysom Hill was a Packer thing. I'm so annoyed. I'm so numb. I'm over that conversation that was on Twitter all week. But they bring in Taysom Hill for Breeze to quarterback to play. Hill takes a snap. Option play, but he keeps it. He's hit by Z. Fumbles. Z recovers. Huge play for the, for the defense. Huge play. Sedarius, you know, I've said it before. He's got that thing, that Reggie White thing, that Charles Woodson thing, that Clay Matthews for a minute thing where it's just like somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to make a fucking play. Get out of the way. I'm going to make the fucking play. Get out of my way. And he did. He just does it time after time. It's, it's uncanny. It's incredible. Right? So the following drive leads to a Crosby field goal, 30 to 27 Packers. That's good. Would have liked to see a touchdown, but they got the lead back. So now the Saints have the ball. Next drive. Third and five. You know it's going to 41, right? Everybody on earth knows it's going to Kamara. The dead know it's going to Kamara. Swing pass. He he goes out on the left. Swing pass. Huge stop by Shannon Sullivan. Huge stop for no gain. He was ready. The Packers were ready for that. Sullivan was especially ready for that. That's two weeks in a row with a gigantic play from Shannon Sullivan. Love how he's developing. That was great. You know, again, they stepped up. Nice work from Kevin King on that, too. That was really good work from Kevin King. Kind of, He kind of shoehorned that back inside where Sullivan could make the play. That was great stuff. That led to a punt, right? So, again, those two sequences, the Z turnover, the Sullivan stop, that allowed the Packers to make it 30-27, to 27 and then 37-27. to 27. So, really, you could say those two sequences from the defense kind of won the game or at least were played a huge part in it, it's just massive. And they just seemed so unlikely because up to that point, the defense had kind of been trash. <laughs> Especially with regards to Kamara. Oh my God, for the night, 41, I'm going to be seeing 41 of my nightmares. 13 catches for 139 yards and two scores, six carries for 58 yards. So 19 touches for 197 yards and two scores. It's over 10 yards a touch, is that good? Uh, in the first half alone, I mean, dude had 11 touches for 117 yards and a score. 117 of New Orleans' 195 first half yards. That was a career high for him for a half, according to the NBC broadcast. He's, I'll tell you what, he's a stud, man. He's the real deal. I mean, I, I think we all knew that going in, but he, he is something. He's Ladanian Tomlinson, man. He really is. He's a freak. He is good. I almost wonder if he's better than McCaffrey. I almost might take I might take Kamara over. He's just a freak, man. You know? And he's a problem. And look, and I tip my captain. But you know, the Packers defense made it pretty easy for him on some of that shit. He was so open on some of those plays. He had the one catch. I want to say it was in the third quarter. A little swing pass out to There was nobody. He catches the ball. The camera goes wide. There's nobody within ten yards. This is after he had been ripping Green Bay apart all night. What was Pettin seeing? You know what I mean? He's their biggest weapon. He was clearly the go-to guy with Michael Thomas being out. No one around him. A lot of those plays, there was nobody around him. That's just not good. Not good for Mike Pettin. Not good. Okay. I have to do it. I have to talk about the 52-yard score in the third that from Kamara that tied the game up at 17. Or 27, excuse me. It was a simple... an example. It was a simple dump-off pass. You know, the Saints weren't expecting a big chunk play. It was a simple dump off. Hey, get 10 yards. Good enough. Five Packers. Five had a shot at him. Six if you count Tyler Lancaster at the goal line, which I'll be generous and I won't count that. Five. Five guys missed. That was a humiliating sequence. Will Redman, Ty Summers, Adrian Amos, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. All had opportunities. How did none of them do it? You know, and Amos, he took a bad angle on that uh, Kamara run early in the game. What was that for the 49 yarder? Looked like he had a shot to kind of cut Kamara off or, you know, at least stop the run from rupturing and he just slipped. So not, yeah, not a, not a great night from Adrian Amos. I don't, he's not, if I had to pick a most disappointing player so far, he'd be near the top. I know that. That was just really humiliating, you know? (laughs) <laughs> that was bad. You know, I'm glad they won cuz we're going to see that on every fucking highlight reel from now until the end of time. You know that, right? I hope everybody knows that. That we're nev- that play's never that play is never going to die. But the Packers won the game. So, you know, you can always remind people of that anyways, which is good. That's the most important thing, right? Um I didn't particularly like how they played Breeze either, you know. I didn't love it. Didn't feel like they came up enough and challenged him. At least it seemed that way. I mean, Breeze it's clear I kind of noticed it in their week one game against Tampa. I really noticed it last Monday night against Vegas. Which still sounds weird, but whatever. Um, He can't really throw the ball that far anymore. He has a lot of plays where it looks like he's loading up to go deep, and then he kind of just dinks it for five or six or seven. I think his longest throw in the air tonight was probably, what, like 15 or 16 yards? Maybe 20? I don't think he—I think his arm is shot. It's pretty shot. It feels like final year Peyton Manning in Denver, you know? I felt like they could have challenged him more. I felt like they could have said, you know, Drew, we we know you can't throw deep, so we're just going to play everything up. We're going to play the run. We're going to play the short stuff. Kind of like it got better, kind of, as the game went on at moments, but just, I didn't love the way that they attacked him, you know? He had a good night, and I, I, you know, I just, I don't know, I thought Petten made it a little too easy for him. So, you know, big plays from the defense when it mattered most, but again, a lot left to be desired. But man, Mike Petten, Mike, you're coaching for your job. These performances, like, you know what I mean? The Packers sure look like a Super Bowl team everywhere else. If Pettin's the thing that holds him back again, like, he ain't gonna have a job next year. He's gonna be coaching defense at ITT Technical Institute. Which I don't even know if they have a football team. So, you know, Mike, act like it. You're coaching for your fucking job here. That said, I don't want to be too negative. Big win tonight, big win. Remind myself, big win, Chris, big win. I do want to mention a couple of other standouts on the defense. Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander, really, really a great night from Jair Alexander. This, you know, his tackling is awesome. He's a ferocious, he's a fearless tackler. He almost had that pick six right after the Packers went up 37 27 late. And then this is from next gen. I got to share this. This is from next gen stats. Jair Alexander, 38 coverage snaps, two targets. One reception allowed for minus two yards. Minus two. A 5.2% target rate when targeted as the nearest defender. Elite. Elite. You know, Collinsworth talked about him being special on the pot. He really on the show. He really is. He's special. I, I just this is the year of Jair. I keep saying it, you know. Didn't have any huge splash plays tonight, but was just very, very solid throughout and made it very difficult for the Saints defense at times, at least to target him. And Kingsley Kiki, how about Kingsley Kiki? I talked about him way back in the spring on the State of the Pack pods that he showed in flashes last year. Really, You had to look closely, but they were there that he had ability. And boy, did he have a, he had a hell of a game. His best game as a pro easily tonight. Two sacks, both came in the second quarter. Awesome, great. You know, I don't know, was he credited with a uh, uh, fumble forced on that one? I think he was. Great stuff. Really exciting to see Kiki, you know. Imagine what he when Clark comes back healthy now. You've got him and Clark. You've got two guys who can really rush the passer. That makes the Packers even more dangerous with the Smiths and Gary. I mean, they're building a real arsenal of pass rushers. That's great. So 29 minutes in, big picture time. Let's go. Uh I'll say this three games in. It's still very early. But again. You can see a potentially great team rising to the surface here. It's there. You can see it. They still need to clean some things up. Still some aspects of the team that could kill them, you know, mostly on defense. Lafleur still has a couple of kinks to iron out as a play caller. But I thought he was right. I want to credit him. He was very good tonight. Very, very good. His play calling was excellent tonight. Rogers credited it too after the game. But a couple of kinks he still needs to iron out. The defense... With all those issues they're 3 and 0 and you can see a really really good potentially great team in there. You know, right now I think they appear to be along with Seattle and maybe Tampa Bay, I think they're the class of the NFC. Yes, I think that's fair I think that's fair to say. And you know, if you listened to the season preview show I talked about this that I thought the Packers were uniquely set up. The one thing I think has made them so good in this weird year is that they're uniquely set up for it. There's a cohesiveness in the locker room. You know what I mean? They didn't really lose anybody. They lost Belaga and Martinez, but they didn't, you know, they, they largely brought back the same team. I compared it on that show to a college team that didn't graduate many guys. That was mostly juniors and seniors coming back. There's a real cohesiveness to the locker room. And I think that really kind of came through tonight. You know, I talked about guys stepping up at different moments. You sense a team that's kind of playing for each other, you know? Offense is down, here comes the defense. Defense is down, here comes the offense. That, to me, shows a tight locker room, a cohesive locker room. Guys who are willing to battle for each other. And I think that's due to, they didn't really change up the team that much. You know, the composition of the team. The team is basically the same as they were last year. They're not, they're not relying on any draft picks. Only brought in a couple free agents. Rick Wagner didn't even play tonight. Kirksey played, got hurt, left. Hopefully his shoulder's okay. But, you know, I just, I think they're very set up. They're set up well for this sci-fi season. And it's very exciting. You know, There's a lot of work to do, a lot of games left, but right now you have to love where this team is at. It's great. It's great stuff. Okay, so I said after the game to, to uh, send along some questions on Twitter, so I'll open the Twitter mailbag now. Start no particular order from Daniel Ray the third at D Ray three. He asks, "Why can't the defense tackle?" Oh boy, I don't know. Well, some of the guys can. Jair can, Zadarius can. I don't know why the the tackling it seems to really be spotty at times. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't really have an answer. It's bad though. They 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 do need to correct. It. I talk about things that could sink them. That that could be a thing. The tackling is. Needs to be tightened up, for sure. Um, uh, Matilla The Hun at Matilla D. Hun asks, The defense sucks (laughs) 95% of the time. But it has this uncanny ability to win in situational moments. It's not good enough to go to the Super Bowl, but it may just be good enough to help this offense to a Super Bowl. Uh, I think I see what you're saying here, Matilla. Um, Yeah, I would agree with that it's it's not a great defense, but like you said, in situational moments, they have had this ability. I don't know. I just, I continue to worry about that because situational moments to me kind of means big plays and they got those tonight and they've gotten those when they've needed them this season. But the, the consistency from that group is still lacking. You know, the consistently getting off the field is is still missing. But if they can tighten it up a little bit, yeah, I think they could be good enough. I think I see what you're saying that, that, you know, if this ends up being a top five offense, then where does the defense need to be? Top 15 to get this team to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Could they get to that point? Yeah, I think they could. Still work to be done. They're not there yet, but maybe they'll get there for sure. Let's hope. Um, all right. Justin Cornwell at Justin A. Cornwell asks, I haven't had this much confidence in our offense since run the table in 2016, maybe 2014. Dare I say 2011? Where do you think this group can rank if this continues when it comes to offenses with Rodgers? Well, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Well, let's see. Uh, the 09 offense was pretty good. Let's start kind of at the beginning. His second year as a starter, 09, they were pretty good offensively. 2010, they were they were pretty good. 2011 was I would say 2011 and 2014 obviously were the two peak years. The two years Rodgers won an MVP. Uh, and then 2016, the second half of the year, I would put maybe third, or I put them in the group with a 2009. So I'd probably go like, hmm, probably go like 2011, 2014. Uh, and then in some order, back half of 2016, 2009 and 2010 were probably the best five offenses Rodgers has had off the top of my head. Anyways, it is 1246 at night. So or in the morning. Do I think this group could, where do I think they could rank? Uh, I think they could crack the top three. I don't know if they'll be better than 2011 or 2014, but I think they could be right behind there. This could be the third best offense he's had for sure. Yeah, when you think about Lazard continuing to get better and MBS maybe becoming more consistent and Sternberger and Tanya and getting Adams back and Jones, yeah, I think they could be the third best offense he's had for sure. Yeah, I would say that. And then the final question, I saved this for last. I did. I said they were no particular order, but I saved this for last. My old pal, my old old bag of donuts podcast co-host, my bestest friend in the world, Adam Summers, Brew Crewer at ASummers underscore time, who asks, they can still fire Pet after a win, right? <laughs> um yeah, I guess they could. I suppose anything's possible. I don't think they will. I don't think Pettin's going to get fired. I still think Pettin might have... I still kind of think Lafleur wanted to fire him. If you think back to his season-ending presser he did a few days after the San Francisco debacle in January, he talked about Pettin almost in past tense. It sure sounded like Pettin was the guy who was going to get fired, if you remember that press conference. And then something changed, and like two hours later, it was like, oh, Mike Pettin's going to be back. I still wonder, I know it might be tinfoil hat, but I still kind of wonder if LeFleur wanted to fire him and was maybe told by some powers that be, some combination of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst that, no, let's hang on to Petten for one more year. I still think he wanted to and was talked out of it. That's my theory anyway. So, yeah, they could fire. I mean, again, he's coaching for his job. If this team falls short of their ultimate goal of winning a championship this year, and it's because of the defense... Yeah, there's no way Mike Patton's back. No, no. But I doubt he'll be fired. Probably not, anyways. You never know. (laughs) Okay. So, thanks to everybody who sent along questions. It's late. I do appreciate that. We look ahead to next week now. The Packers will once again be on national TV, this time Monday Night Football, as they host the 0-3 Atlanta Falcons at Lambeau Field. Mentioned it earlier. Will the Falcons have a new head coach? They may. It's hard to see Dan Quinn sticking around after blowing two gigantic fourth-quarter leads the last two weeks, Dallas last week and then Chicago on Sunday. It's hard to see him sticking around, but maybe. Keep an eye on it. Will Julio Jones play? He was inactive against the Bears Sunday due to a hamstring injury. He's obviously ripped the Packers apart in the past, so keep an eye on that as well. It'll be the Packers' last game before their bye, too. Early bye this year, which is never great, but then with Adams and Kenny Clark being hurt, maybe it's beneficial, you know? Could be. And, of course, I'll be back to recap that one. Win, lose, or draw next Monday. Well, no. No, it won't be. It'll be Tuesday morning that you'll hear that one. As again, you'll hear it when I'm at work struggling to stay awake after another long night. God, I hate these night games. I hate them so I hate them so hard. So until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lampesis. This has been Lamp's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. 3-0, baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. Stay safe out there in this crazy world, and remember, always and forever, go Pack Go.